I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. We're going to cover physical wellness. Uh, if you look back two episodes ago, uh, the one right before I had the wonderful guest Eileen Scully, which if you haven't listened to that, it's fantastic. Two episodes ago, I talked a little bit about wellness. I was getting frustrated. I deal a lot with clients talking about wellness, especially wellness in the workplace. Wellness is a this massive web of information where there's a lot of really bad information out there. And so as I was sitting on a train, I was trying to filter it out. I wanted to simplify what it was that I actually meant by wellness and what wellness meant to me. And I put it into three categories, and you can see them on the website, bellwetherhub.com. Physical, mental, social. There are three aspects of wellness for you to focus on, and each of those have three components which means you have nine areas of wellness that I like to think of. Uh, And as promised, I said I was going to focus on physical wellness in one episode, mental wellness in another, and then social wellness in a third. Because you can't just talk about it as, as this big, massive concept and not give any detail. However, the fine balance is you can't really go into all the detail without giving the concept. And that's the rub, and that's where we sit today. Uh, There is no shortage of information when we talk about physical wellness. There is no shortage of information out there today. And I know this because as I sat down and wrote the blog post to go along with this podcast, it ended up being 15 pages long. And I'm only talking about when we talk about physical wellness. Here's let me tell you what I mean by physical wellness. Physical wellness, to get everyone on the same page, is your vessel. It's your body. It's not your body image. Your body image will cover in in mental. Your body is just your physical tank that carries around your crap all day. It covers your health. It covers your weight and more. Okay? Physical wellness includes the inside of your body, the outside of your body, everything. Your skin, your organs, everything, your heart, everything. Okay? So that's what we're talking about, physical wellness. And when we talk about it, it really, there's three main components. You've got diet, you've got fitness, and you've got sleep. Those are the three. Those are my three gears when something's off with me physically or mentally or anything, really. These are the three that I really like to focus on. Is my diet in tune? Is my fitness? Am I working out? And am I getting enough sleep? Now, the fact that there is so much information on this, all three of these, it's all generally advice. Eat this, not that. Do this, not that. You have to get eight hours of sleep. Otherwise, everything's going to die and change everything else around and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of it's not reasonable. A lot of it is a stranger sitting in some backwood basement, rapping about whatever it is that you need to do. This is what you're supposed to do. And they don't know your particular situation. And that's why I wanted to keep this one level up. I'm not here to tell you specifically what it is that you're supposed to eat. I'm not going to sit and tell you that you have to run five miles a day. Okay. I am not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I am a coach. And the way that a coach works is, and I deal with my clients all the time on this, is we have to fill in the gaps together. You need input. 
You have to give me the details on what diet works for you. For some people, tofu is an excellent part of their diet. Tofu will never be in my diet. And that's why I can't tell you what to eat. Okay, I can't tell you what your diet's going to be. For some people, running a marathon is good physical fitness. Other people have bad knees. Okay, so the point is you need to do the work to fill in the gaps. But as a coach, I am providing you this framework. And I, and I hope, my hope with this podcast today is to get you to think about what are you doing for yourself in these three particular areas and what do you need to revisit? Because diet, fitness, and sleep are the three carriers. When you think about what's going to get you through the day, if my work is not going well, if my home life is not going well, if anything is off, for me, and based on my experience, it's one of those three that is off for me. One thing we need to remember before I go into, uh, into this, some of the people listening today are listening or reading the blog because they're trying to lose weight. And I, I want to say one thing about people trying to lose weight. And I guess this is for everybody, really. We have to keep the long view. When it comes to physical wellness, this is not a crash course. This is not do it for a month and go back. This is not uh, uh, I can do it for a weekend and then I'm good to go. There is no end date to physical wellness, which is frustrating. Okay, It is a journey. When I, I There was a time when I was about 50 pounds heavier than what I am today, almost 60 pounds heavier than what I am today. That took me a decade to lose that weight. Not because I tried 10 years. Rah, 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 rah. It was because it took 10 years of decisions over time and my body needed to adjust. Your body does not like to recognize new norms. And so the reason significantly overweight people have a difficult time losing weight is because your body is used to it. Your body doesn't know why you're losing weight. It thinks you're starving. So the irony for people trying to lose weight, especially extremely overweight people, obese people is they have it harder, not because of the amount they have to lose, but because their body and mind are actively fighting against them. So my recommendation, if you're listening to this, these three areas, diet, fitness, sleep, they're all extremely important. The number one thing, if you're trying to lose weight, is going to be focusing on your diet. And I have links to a few studies and articles uh, on the website that you can go to if you want to learn about more. You know, walking on a treadmill is not going to help you lose is not going to help you lose weight. What you put into your body is going to help you lose weight. That's what's that's that's what reigns supreme in terms of weight loss. But so that's my transition. Let's let's transition into there are three categories I'm going to cover: diet, fitness, sleep. I'm going to cover them each in detail. Uh, but I am not going. I hope you know. I tend to talk a lot. I hope I don't get into preachy mode. Okay, so I am focused just on conceptual. Here is what you need to think about. Let's define what we mean by diet, fitness, and sleep. And let's hopefully give you an opportunity to think about what works for you. And if you need more detail, if you want to get into a, a deeper discussion, I am available. Send me a note. Uh, find a community that can help you. Find a support system if you're looking to make a change. That is what's really most important and what's really going to help you be successful if you're looking to make a change is this community, this support system, whatever it is. Okay, so let's start with diet. Keeping it simple and conceptual, your diet is what you consume, which you should know. 
It's not a limitation on what you can eat. It's not a sacrifice. It's not, I am dieting for three weeks. I am not. It's not anything where you stop doing something for a short period of time. It is what you put into your body. That includes your food, drinks, booze, soda, cigarettes, cocaine, whatever it is you take, vegetables, everything. Anything you ingest is part of your diet. And I think it says that some of those things probably shouldn't be in your diet, just so you know. Uh, so that's great. We know what a diet is. But here's what's to take. Here's the, the main point to take away when reviewing your diet. Everything you eat, we tend to forget what we eat. And there was a good, simple way to think about what you should or shouldn't eat. The, the reason I like to cover diet is because nobody really knows what to eat. Everything is marketed as organic, but what's really organic and it's is you know free range. Does that really mean anything? Nobody knows. And um, Nobody knows what the hell they're supposed to eat, but we do know what we're supposed to eat. We just want it to be a lot more simple and we don't want to be marketed to. The, one of the greatest ways I've ever heard it described, and I think it was Dr. Mark Hyman, who uh, he had a PBS special. He's written a few books. Everything you put into your body is either helping you or harming you. Everything you consume is either making you healthy or making you sick. There's no, there's no middle ground. It's a little extreme to think that way but it's true. So when you think about what you're supposed to be eating, the point of it is to know, is this making me better or is this making me worse? Now, sometimes for some people, an occasional soda is fine. For others, that soda will put them into a sugar spiral. And everybody has a trigger for what their diet is going to be and what's going to keep them on track. So the figure, the point of figuring out your diet is to see what works for you. We all know what a healthy diet is. We all know what we're supposed to be eating. We all know we're supposed to get the salad at lunch, not the cheeseburger. But we don't always make the right decisions. And we're not supposed to make the right decisions, right? Nobody actually wants to sit and eat a salad every day for lunch. Nobody actually wants to sit there and eat you know, grilled chicken, rice, and, and asparagus every day for dinner. Okay. You can't commit to a crazy healthy diet all of the time. Let's be realistic. We want to. It would be nice, but it's not really going to happen for most of us. Some of us can do it, but most of us not. It's not reasonable. It's not realistic, and I would never ask anybody to do that. We need the occasional treat. We need the occasional unhealthy option, and that's okay. But that brings us to a point that I want to drive home on diet is moderation because the occasional treat, the occasional unhealthy option is okay, but we want to limit them. And my, my issue is we hear people all the time talking about moderation with diet. Well, it's okay in moderation. Everything's okay in moderation. But what is moderation? Is it daily? Is moderation weekly, monthly? When we give ourselves license to moderation, every meal could be potentially something that you really shouldn't be eating. I would go back, when I would think back, I would have maybe um, eggs and sausage for breakfast, um, cold cuts for lunch on a sandwich, maybe some potato chips, and maybe pizza for dinner. All of those are okay individually in moderation. But when you take a look holistically on my day, that's a disaster of a diet. So you'll find yourself eating yourself unhealthy because we forget what we ate for breakfast. We didn't think about it holistically for the day. We need to think about our diet holistically. Did I eat enough vegetables today? Did I eat this today? What, what did I eat today or what is my body missing today that I'm supposed to be having? And when I sat down and wrote down what I was eating, I was embarrassed. I was shocked when I did it because I just didn't think about it. 
Which brings us to when we think about what we're eating, I want to say one thing too when we're looking to make changes, and, and this specifically goes to the people trying to lose weight again, uh, calorie counting. When we track, we use these apps to track our food and what we're eating, and we're trying to track our calories. And for many people looking to change their diet, they try to count their calories. We're supposed to have, what, like 1,800, 2,000 calories a day, whatever it is. And when we think about weight loss, it's always, you know, less calories in than what you put out. But eventually, it becomes the end of the day. You've got 50 calories left. You're running around the house saying, what can I eat that's only 50 calories so I could stay lower? Calorie counting doesn't work. I will say that. It doesn't work. It's a scam. Okay? It's important, but it's a scam. But it does provide a value. And the way that I like to think about cal- calorie counting is that it serves me a specific purpose. And what it did for me when I did it was not that it prevented me to eat a certain amount of calories, but it gave me a recognition as to what it, one, what it was I was eating, and two, what portion sizes are. That's the value of counting your calories. It's not just saying, oh, this is chicken. This is going to be this many calories. Let's see how big four ounces of chicken really is. You'd be shocked at the Godzilla-sized portions that you're eating. A bowl of cereal is generally like three servings that you're eating. Learning portion sizes is just as important as deciding what to eat. Okay, so to recap on diet. That was a lot of information just jammed into a minute, but I'm going, well, a couple minutes. But I want to recap. One, everything you consume is either helping you or harming you. Is a good way, a guideline for what you should be eating. It's nice when you go to create a lunch option and you're taking a look at lunch or dinner and say, is this helping me? Is this harming me? Okay, It's okay for the occasional treat, but use that as a guide to what you're eating. Two... Define moderation and what's appropriate for you, okay? I know people who will kill someone if they try to take away their soda. I know people who will say, you can kiss my ass if you think I'm not having chocolate every day. Moderation needs to be adjusted specifically for you. And then finally, for the sake of Pete, learn what a portion is, okay? We eat too much, generally, okay? So now let's go on to number two. That's your diet. Okay, diet, that's your work, that's your homework. Figure out what it is you're eating. Are you eating too much? What should you be eating? Um, Not brain science, rocket science, whatever it is you want to call it. Now we'll move on to fitness. Fitness in a statement, when we talk about physical fitness as part of physical wellness from a conceptual basic standpoint, here is what you need to know. There are three things. You need to find something active that works for you. You need to learn how to love it. And you should be doing something physical every day. Those are your three. Let's break that down. First, something active for you. There is a laundry list of physical activities that you can do. Normally, when we think about something physical, oh, I need to start working out, I need to do this, and oh, I got to run, and you know, people hate running. I don't know why people try to run three miles when they absolutely hate pounding pavement. We need to find something that works for you. Okay. And when we think of fitness, it's not necessarily really what that means. Physical fitness is exercise in any form. That can range from stretching. It can range to yoga. It can range to walking, to running, to weightlifting, to tennis, to anything, whatever it is. The point is, do something wherein you are moving. Once you get started, 
and you start moving every single day That's and create a routine, that's when you could build into something bigger. But at first, just start with something. If you are sitting on your couch and you have not been working out, the first step might be a 20-minute walk. That's okay. You've done something. 20-minute walk. For other people, maybe you walk a little bit. You know, Maybe you walk to and from work. You do something like that. Maybe you try and go for your 20-minute walk and a five-minute run. Or maybe you sign up for a class, like a spin class or a dance class or something, and try that. Okay. Step one is finding an activity that can fit you today and will slightly challenge you today. Don't bite off more than you could chew. But you want to do something that's going to get your heart rate up and doing something else. Step two, now that you've decided what it is that you want to do, you have to learn how to love it. And that's one of the biggest challenges with physical fitness. Most people don't want to get started because they don't love it and they're embarrassed at where they're going to be starting. When I first started running, I couldn't make a mile. I would get winded like three blocks in. I got frustrated. I would walk and then I'd start running and I was afraid people were staring at me on the street and I was embarrassed. But then I had a thought. One, I could stop running which was great. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was an absolute chore to get up and go, but I knew I had to do something. So since I decided that I wanted to learn how to run, I figured out that I had to learn how to run. That's where I had to focus. If I wanted to do something that that wasn't working for me, I had to figure out what was going wrong. I see all these people out running, all these people who love it. What am I doing incorrectly? And so I went out and I set out to learn how to run. And quickly, what that meant was I learned two things. One, I learned, and I found this out by accident, that I had to slow down my pace. You should be able to have a conversation while you run. And the other thing I learned by accident was that I was running the wrong way. My heel was hitting the pavement first, and you run on the balls of your feet. Or flat-footed, you know, depending on who you are. I made those two simple changes. I slowed down my pace, and I changed where my foot hit the pavement, and I was off. And now I love running. I'll run 10 miles a day. And I love running mostly because I could do it well. I figured out how to do it well. It took me a long time to do it, but I figured out how to do it well. And now, anytime a work problem's challenging me, I need to think through something, I will put on my laces and I will go for a five-mile run. It clears my head and I will get to a solution. So if you want to be a runner, your first step shouldn't be building up to run 10 miles. That's what my problem was. It should be figuring out how to love running. If you want to bench press some insane amount, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on how much will you love lifting. The point of learning to love a physical activity is so that the desire to do it is bigger than the fear of what other people think or the desire to sit on the couch. That's why you have to learn to love how to do it. When I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to go for a swim, I'm not excited to swim. But the thing that gets me there is I know the feeling that I have after I've swum. And that's what I'm going after. When I know that my morning is much more productive, you can ask my wife, the mornings I go swimming versus the morning or running or whatever, first thing in the morning versus the days I don't, my attitude at home is completely different. All morning long. Those are the things. That's what I'm going after. I know my day is going to be better when I'm physically active. And that's what gets me to be physically active. Fitness is a learning journey. It's a puzzle you have to put together. Okay? And making it that journey, that's what can make it fun. If you don't know how to do a pull-up, ask someone for advice. 
Use YouTube for examples. A lot of people don't like to go to the gym because the gym is an, an intimidating place. I'm not going to lie. You got these people lifting massive weights and you're going to look like an ass and you don't know what you're doing and everything else. But the thing is, nobody really cares about you at the gym. Nobody's staring at you at the gym. You think they are, but they're not. It's all in your head. So when you start at something, you generally suck. But that's what makes accomplishing something that much more fun, to recognize your progress. That's what makes things like like CrossFit so popular. People go out to CrossFit. They have no idea what they're doing. There is a community built in, and people suck at the beginning, and they build up. The community is there to help them. There is a built-in support system to get people moving from the beginning. All it takes to get started in a lot of these, going to your first class, anything else, is take a quick swallow of pride, recognize that you're going to suck, be a little vulnerable, and you are off. That's what the community is all about. If you see someone and you're trying to lift weights and do something, you see someone doing something really well, ask them for a quick tip. Say, hey, I just saw you crush that pull-up. I don't know how to do a pull-up. Can you give me any advice? Um, oh, I just saw you lift that weight. You, know, you did this crazy weight thing, whatever. You know, Do you have any tips? I'm just getting started. Everybody loves to give advice. So ask the question. I see you running a lot. I see you on this trail all the time. Can you give me any running tips? Although don't stop a person who's running because if they're in the middle of the run, they generally have a flow. But that's just whatever. So finally, 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 do something every day. You don't have to run a marathon every day. It just has to be something physical every day. Maybe one day it's stretching. Maybe it's a long walk. Maybe a jog the next day. Maybe a dance class. Maybe whatever. Start a habit where every day you are checking a box that, yes, I did something physical. Once you have that habit down, you can then elevate it to challenging yourself beyond just basic stuff. We sit, we eat too much, we sit too much, we're at our desk too often. Do something to get your blood flowing. Okay, so to recap, three things on physical. One, find an activity for you or multiple activities. Sometimes people just want to change it up. But whatever it is, you have to do it every day and you have to learn how to love it. That's your secret to fitness. And this isn't about getting to become an Adonis and be some jacked, you know, whatever. This is about what's good about getting your blood flowing. It's about getting your heart together. It's about, you know, good for your liver and your lungs and everything. This is your body that you need to be taking care of. Fitness helps you. And the difficult part is a lot of the stuff that helps is on the inside that you can't see. But you'll feel it. And it will definitely change your diet your fitness and your sleep are going to change. We're going to talk a lot about this in, in, in mental wellness as well. The impact on your brain is incredible. It's incredible. And there are so many. Do your Google searches on the, the mind benefits of long-distance running. Do your Google searching on how uh, physical fitness helps your mental well-being. A lot of it, a lot of it is all intertwined. So that brings us to number three. If you are eating properly and getting your exercise, then the final component really shouldn't be a, an issue, and that's sleep. I know that there's people with insomnia. I know that there's people who are real busy. I know there are people with like four, five, six, seven kids where sleep is not an option. But it is a wrapper for many different levels of wellness, not just physical. It clears our mind. It helps us with digestion. It does everything. Sleep is one of the most important things and one of the easiest things that you can focus on. There are only so many hours in a day. I want to think about this you know, conceptually rather than just preaching that you need to get sleep. Let's think, let's think this through. There are 24 hours in a day. 
And when you think about where all of your time goes, one third of your day should be in bed. Eight hours, maybe seven, should be in bed. And it's not a point of pride. You hear people saying, oh, well, I could function on five hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, whatever it is. That's not healthy. Some people can, but it's a very small percentage and it's probably not you. When we typically think of all the things that we need to do in 24 hours, we then try to fit sleep in. I am fortunate that I have been able to flip that on its head. I get seven to eight hours of sleep a night, no matter what, and everything else works around that. It's easy for me to say I only have a daughter who's under the age of two. We'll see what happens when she's 16. But focusing on sleep has changed so much for me. It has changed the way that I eat. It's changed the way that I, that I work out. It helps me work out more. It, it's gotten me into triathlons. It's gotten me into uh, in, increasing my work product. Everything. It's helped my social networking. Everything has been helped by sleep. Here's a real example is I have, my wife tells me all the time, a massive resting bitch face. But it's my thinking face. It's my nice, happy thinking face. My wife tells me, she calls it my resting bitch face. I look angry. That's my standard. Okay, I'm working on it. When I am exhausted or tired from a long day and I have to network at night, my resting bitch face is fierce. But when I get my proper sleep, it goes away. It has helped me network. It has helped my business. It has helped everything. Sleeping helps so, so much. Okay, We have kids that stay up past midnight. We work more than eight hours a day. Uh, we have a TV show that we like to watch. We want to go to the gym, right? How are we fitting in time at the gym? How are we fitting in you know, the time to cook a proper meal and sleep? On top of all the things of being a parent, uh, working you know, the crazy hours and everything else. You'd be surprised at how often you can get to bed before you currently are if you made an effort. It's all about priority. Is this important to you? Is this not important to you? Is Game of Thrones more important to getting sleep? For some people, maybe it is. That's okay. But figuring out your sleep patterns and what works for you, waking up early, waking up late, doesn't really matter. Getting your sleep is what's important. And one of the things to help make it conducive to sleeping is make your bed and your bedroom conducive to sleeping. You spend a third of your life there, spend the money on a good mattress if you're able to afford it. You spend a third of your life there, make it a welcoming place. Make it a place that you want to be. Just like in physical fitness, you have to learn how to love it, learn how to love sleep. Okay? Uh, We could get into stress under mental, you know, the things that keep us up uh, awake at night. Uh, We'll cover that another time, but figuring out sleep is one of your most important aspects. And there's tons of tips online. I'm not going to preach about that. but there are, you know, turn off your phone beforehand. You know, you could try all these different things. Don't try to do everything, but try to do some of these little things to help you fall asleep. Um, I just tweeted out, there's an article, I'll put it on the website also, something that combat pilots use to fall asleep in under two minutes. It's like a breathing exercise. I'd recommend it, but there are other ones. Anyway, so to wrap up, uh, there, there are three aspects, because I'm running on 30 minutes. Wow, this is a long episode. There are three aspects of physical wellness. So when we talk about wellness in general, you've got physical, mental, social, and we're going to focus on, on physical. We've got your diet, your fitness, your sleep. Your diet, 
You need to focus on what's making you healthy versus what's making you sick. Figure out what your portion size is. Figure out what your moderation is. Fitness. Find an activity that works for you. Learn how to love it and do it every day. Sleep. Get some. Change your schedule around. Make sleep your priority, not fitting it into your schedule. Okay? When we think about making change, the best time to start was always 20 years ago. I wish I was working out 20 years ago. I'd be a very different person today. Well, the second best time to start is today. And don't put too much pressure on yourself, right? Again, and this is why I didn't want to sound too preachy. Everyone preaches about what you're supposed to be doing. And then we put too much pressure on ourselves. We keep trying and then we fail. There are two kind of aspects to this. One is the perfect action and results. And two are your action and results. Let's focus on what you can do for you. Okay. If you said you're halfway through a cheeseburger at lunch, say, oh, I wasn't supposed to eat a cheeseburger today. All right. Finish your cheeseburger and figure out something different for dinner. Okay. If you walk into a supermarket and you only have 10 minutes to make dinner, Maybe a rotisserie chicken is a better choice than a box of donuts. Make the choices in the moment. That's what you're doing. You're changing your psychology to make good choices in the moment to do what you can do. Oh, I don't have two hours to to go to the gym. Well, do you have 15 minutes to go for a walk? Okay, fitting things in to do it, you know, a bad workout is better than no workout. A nap is better than no sleep. You can find things, better choices than the ones that you are making. And so while we would love to be crazy healthy all the time, recognize that it's just not going to happen all of the time. Okay? And that's cathartic and and it's a nice relief to say, you know what? It's okay that I screwed up on this one. Um, You know, maybe I'll treat myself this weekend, whatever it is. Just don't let it be an excuse. Okay? Don't let it be an excuse. Focus on, you want to have pizza? Yeah, go ahead and make a homemade pizza. It's great. It's going to be lots of fun. Have the kids involved. You know, throw a bunch of vegetables on it. Right? Make it fun. Who cares? If you want, at the end of the day, all you want is a a glass of wine and a taco, have a glass of wine and a taco. Sometimes you just need a glass of wine and a taco. So go for it. But then make better decisions the next day. So remember, in general, what I like people to, to think about Recognize that there is no end game for this. This is an ongoing journey. And I learned that back in my mid-30s, and now I'm in my, my 40s. This is something that I am now going to be every day. It's not like you pick a vegan diet and say, I'm going to be vegan for a week, and then you stop, which I've done. It's now like, oh, I'm never going to eat pizza again. I'm never going to do this again, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be that extreme. But recognize that this is going to be a lifestyle change. That's where you see results. This isn't going to work for just one week. It's not going to work for two weeks, six months, whatever it is. We are fundamentally changing the way that we are operating. It's simple, but it's not easy. It takes commitment. And we know exactly what it takes to get there. We all do. Everybody knows what they're supposed to eat, the fact that they're supposed to be physically fit, and the fact that they're supposed to get sleep. This is not news to anybody. We just have to commit to doing it. And we have to switch our focus into doing it rather than whatever shiny object has come up uh, in, in, in front of us. So think about what a fundamental change would look like. Think about what these results, it's a good reflection exercise. You know, if you were to sit there and say, wow, what would it look like to never again drink alcohol? Could you do it? Could you say, what will it look like to never again have a cigarette? 
Could you do it? Never again uh, eat donuts. Never again do whatever. Conceptualize what it would look like. And what's your reaction? And besides the initial shock of there's no way I'm not having a donut. Then just say, well, maybe I don't actually need a donut. My wife loves cheese. She's French. She loves cheese. Okay. But then we gave up cheese one time just for a thing. She goes, you know what? I don't really miss cheese. And I hold that over her head all of the time. And it's fantastic. But you don't, you don't need all of the things that you think you need. Okay. So think about that. Reflect on that. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been um, a, a big, big topic. If you'd like me to go into more detail or if you'd like to give me more thoughts on it, um, I'm happy to do so. Send me a note. Please visit the website, bellwetherhub.com. There's plenty of other information. I'm going to throw up uh, articles and, and other bits of information that, that would be helpful. Um, and as always, I would love to see you out there. Please get engaged. Please help the people around you. And uh, please go out and make sure that you are physically well. Next week, I'm going to cover mental wellness as well. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so this will be another 15-page uh, thing that I'm going to need to whittle down. Um, but I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com, where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon. Thank you.